rising tides, how the outside makes the inside better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life's balance. And through this series, we are, we'll be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. Today, we're, we'll, as we did last week, I'll be hearing from Lynn Schusler-Williams and her segment on Rising Up. In addition, we're making an exception and inviting in a, a guide to today's mix. Greg Markells of Markells Music Lab is responsible for the theme song and video, and Greg and I will chat about that process and how it was created. But first, today I'm so excited to introduce uh, Crystal Gale. Welcome. Hi, Crystal. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you, I'm so glad you're here, and I can't wait to talk about your journey. And let me just quickly read your bio, and then we'll get right to it. So after a lengthy battle with a rare brain disease, Crystal uh, came to recognize the healing power of nature. She now uses her experience to break down barriers so more people can access the outdoors. Crystal, I get it. I get chills up my back every time I read that out, out loud. Um, Crystal's an, ex, an, um, an experimental educator, author, storyteller, activist, and backpacker, black outdoor leader, and the first person to summit Mount Whitney with an implanted neuromodulator. Neuro she chooses to speak out against racial injustice in the United States by hiking and giving voice to her experiences. So, hi. Hi. Thank you. Those all Thank sound you. like cool things. <laughs> I know. Aren't you impressed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so let's start. Let's start out. Um, there's so much to talk about, but let's start out with where you started and what you brought you to where you are today, and a little bit about that journey. Um, I. Started, uh, I started backpacking. You want backpacking? Or okay. even what brought you to the backpacking part too? What brought you outside? What brought me outside? Um, so like you said, I have a rare brain disease. And so um, I had a whole bunch of brain surgeries and I don't know exactly which one or after which one, um, but on this particular brain surgery, I got really sick and I had to move back in with my parents. Um, and when I moved back in with my parents, I was like, I spent a lot of time like in bed, like really depressed and doctors were like, Hey, this is going to be your life. You're going to be on meds. You're not going to be able to move much and you're just going to have to deal with it. And I remember every day my dad would wake me up and he would say, Crystal, get out of bed and like put on some clothes and say, repeat after me. I can, I must, I will. And I would say that every morning it got old after a while it's just like okay dad whatever and then he would drive me they they live in like a housing division where it was like newly being built mm -hmm. so like he would drive me to the front and I didn't have a job so he would drive me to the front and then tell me to walk home and halfway between the house and the front of the subdivision was a park and I didn't put it together then that the park was like something that I was really drawn to. It was just a halfway point. So it was like a resting point for me. Um, but then over time, like as my dad would like drop me off in the morning, I would, I would like enjoy stopping at the park. Like I would write there and hang out there. Um, and eventually over time, um, I started to realize that if I became active, I would be in pain. If I didn't do anything, I would be in pain. So either way I would be in pain. So in my head, I was like, well, I might as well be active. So I started to walk. Um, I started to go on walks more often, mm -hmm. further. Um, and then I got back into running, which is something I hadn't done since high school. Um, and then through doing these activities, um, 
uh, a neurosurgeon uh, said to me, hey, uh, well, I said to a neurosurgeon, I want to have uh, these things called a shunt that mm-hmm. I'd had. I said, I want to have these shunts, re- like I want to have the shunt removed because I don't think that it's helping. I think that it might be hurting. Um, and he was the only neurosurgeon that agreed to remove the shunt, but I was still having issues. Um, and so he was like, you know, I want to try this device because it seems like you're, you are actively working towards like a healthy lifestyle. So I want to try this device. It's called a neuromodulator. Um, and I want to try it and see if it works. So just so you know, it's a 50, 50 chance, but either way, you know, like it'll work or it won't. Um, so he tried it and it was like the best thing that ever happened. So when I got that, like, um, like, Six weeks after I got that, I ran like a half marathon, which is like wow. the furthest I'd ever run in my life. Wow. After that half marathon, um, a friend told me like, you got to do a cool down. Like she was really into like reading up on running and like what the best, what the best things to do after a race was. So she was like, you got to do a cool down. And I'm like, nah, I just ran. But, um, and she was like, I know this park that we can go to. And like, I'm like, okay, kind of not really something I want to do. And then we got there and it was like a, like a nature preserve. And I'm like, dude, I don't do bugs. And this does not seem like something I really am like drawn to or whatever. So as we were walking through this preserve, like there was a tree that I really, really connected with. And like, I saw this tree and I was like, whoa, like in many ways, I'm like this tree, like, like the trees grounded, I'm grounded, like I'm getting oxygen from the tree. It was just like this moment where like, I really connected with one particular tree. And I said to my friend, um, I'm going to go backpacking. And she was like, what? I'm like, yeah, I heard about some trail. I'm going to go backpacking. I think it's somewhere in the West. It makes sense that it would be there. Um, and after that race, that race was in October. Um, and I went and did 600 miles of the PCT that following April. And that wow. started back. Wow. So, so let me ask, what is an intro modular device i didn't say that right uh it's it's a neuromodulator so essentially um with my brain disease it's a pseudotumor cerebri or or it's also called intracranial hypertension which is essentially a false tumor my body thinks and acts like i have a brain tumor but i don't and so this device it helps to it helps one to like make my brain believe that i'm fine because i am fine but it also it also alleviates pain. I I think of it like if you think that your body is sending you like false pain signals. um, So it's like, I I describe it as a gun and probably should stop. But like, it's like your brain is misfiring. And Mm. so this, this device, like makes it so that your brain fires on target. So your, your body's thinking like normal, because you're Mm -hmm. actually fine. Um, and that's the best way to describe it. And now that I'm sharing it out loud for like way too many times, I'm going to come up with like a better analogy to describe it that doesn't involve a gun. <laughs> but that's the best way that I can describe it. That's interesting. And so I can't imagine what it was like to, I have a friend that's in, that goes through chronic pain and it's beyond my understanding is not the right word, comprehension of what it was, what it's like to, to be in pain. And when you said you were in pain doing nothing and you're in pain doing something, you might as well do something. Yeah. That's a brave thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, When I think about it, um, 
so whenever I whenever I was going through like really bad periods, the one thing that like the one thing that I could do, like I'm like really creative, um, and I started a YouTube channel. Um, and it was it's always interesting to me to like people will comment on like the like YouTube channel, like because it was like this is what my brain disease is like, and this is what it's like to have this brain disease. And so whenever people comment on certain videos, like, of course, I'm going back to like read the comments, but also see the videos. And I'm like, whoa, I'm not even that person anymore. And then also too, like, oh yeah, I remember how like, I remember like one, how hopeless I feel. And then two, like, like what mindset I was in at the time. And it's, it's, I'm not even that same person. Like, yeah, I still have like, headaches sometimes and sometimes I don't feel well but like I can't imagine being in that same position as as like with those symptoms being that bad anymore like mm. I don't it's just horrible I actually watched one of the videos <laughs> and because I wanted to know more about it and so yeah. I did I found it and um I found it from I think it from your website and oh, cool. I was I was amazed because you don't look like the same person there. You, you know, it was, there's very much a different energy coming from you now than was then. And um, in the pictures of your surgery were incredible. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought about for a long time, I thought about taking them down. I was like, Oh, I need to take these videos down. Um, but then I was talked out of it and I was like, that's, why would like it doesn't make sense I'm not that person but I was talked out of it because there are so many people who are still stuck in that I can't get better or I don't know that there's hope so this is the only reason why I keep those videos up is so that when those people do reach out to me like via email and they're like hey I just got diagnosed or hey this is what I'm experiencing then I'm like hey yeah I go backpacking all the time now like I hike lots of miles and like things do get better so those videos will remain up. <laughs> yeah, so. you never know who that's going to touch. And yeah. they're going to find them when they're supposed to. And that, I think that that message is really important, especially because you are so different now than you were then. That's just a message of hope. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So you had mentioned... Um, so anyway, let me slow. I just had a thought, but I'm going backwards again. So you talked about the cool down, right? And in your tree. Yes, tree. Did you expect, did you have any, any idea of what the cool down was going to bring to you? Or did you understand that was really a surprise to find a connection? Yeah. Um, I, like, I don't, like, I was not expecting one to, like, enjoy that like hike through the woods um like Georgia's kind of hot and Georgia's kind of like I was just like this nothing about like I like complained for probably the first I don't know 10 minutes of that hike I was like this is stupid this is the dumbest idea like why would anybody enjoy this so it's actually funny um that friend makes fun of me a lot because I'm like yo this is like the stupidest idea like nothing about this is enjoyable like like all you hear is like birds, like what, like, why is this fun for anyone? But like, 
um, she actually laughed because um, I went back after hiking the PCT, the 600 miles on the PCT, I went back to, um, I went back to college and got uh, a master's in adventure therapy and adventure education. So it's, it's kind of, like, it's weird that that like one experience, that one exposure to the outdoors could change like so much within mm -hmm. me. Like, yeah, I don't think that I was, I would ever have expected that in my life. Like, no, I would have never dreamt that, like that I would be like hiking and climbing mountains and living in a tent. <laughs> like, it just yeah. seems unheard of. Because of a tree. Because of a tree, yeah. It's amazing. And, and so, so the, your master's in adventure education and adventure yeah. therapy, right? Yeah. What is that? So, um, so it's, uh, it's interdisciplinary studies. So sometimes people think that I have two separate masters. They're the same, like it was one program. Mm -hmm. um, and so adventure education is like using different modalities to teach. But using it so it's more like it's more like movement-based teaching. So you're not always in a classroom. Um, a lot of like experiential education. So like um, so like uh, when I'm not hiking, I, I do I'm mm -hmm. substitute. So currently I sub at a school that's here in Minnesota, and it is a it's an outdoor school. Mm -hmm. So like the kids there, they or the students there, like they have nature school so they like do things in the woods things so it's not like a traditional classroom setting um so like it's open door classrooms so like some of the classrooms are um where the the students are mixed like whenever you have a problem in the classroom like you talk it out instead of like go to the principal like you have like everyone talks through it um and then adventure adventure therapy is like you talk through whatever issues you might have, but you do it through, you do it, we do challenge by choice. So you're doing like something that might scare you, but you're taking steps and working through your issues versus like sitting down with a therapist face-to-face. -face. Like you might go biking and talk about your issues or backpacking or like kayaking. Some people rock climb, that's not me. But or me either. Do. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so what kind of differences do you see if you, if you took, I don't know if you can do this comparison at all, but if you took somebody that was doing some sort of an adventure therapy and you took that same person, but had them do more traditional therapy, what differences are you, would you see for them? Oh, um, I can't really speak to that because I don't do therapy work. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to use my um, I tend to use more of my adventure education aspect of my degree. Um, I don't do I don't do one-on-one -on -one counseling so much. Um, so it, all of the all of the counseling that I have done has been in like like a support like groups things mm -hmm. like that. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't do clinical work, so I can't speak to that. Okay, I would yeah. I would I would assume that there must be some opening or or it creates a, a better, a better conversation, a deeper conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen it like during classwork or during our, like, uh, during our, like, uh, practicums where like we as students, mm -hmm. we like opened up 
being shared more with each other. And I know mm. that that was like genuine because like I found myself like sharing stuff and like in my cohort, which is like the class members that we all took the classes together. Like we all still keep in touch. Like when we have issues, we like all still call each other and talk, which I think is the like the like connections we made being outdoors, going on those trips together. And like, I don't know, I feel like I would, I was more apt to share with them than like the, than the cohort members that I didn't have the adventure program, outdoor, um, the outdoor clinicals with. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. um, That does make sense. And so let's talk about your hiking resume because it's big. (laughs) it's good size well for you okay so so let's put let's put your reaction my my assumption of your reaction into perspective so if you think about what many people do for hiking and it's short hikes right and um the the hike that you're in the middle of doing maybe we'll go backwards about where yeah. you're, no, well, no, 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 let's put it in perspective. Let's go forward. So let's okay. start back. I made a list of, um, <laughs> I, I really, I spent a little time on your website today. Okay. <laughs> so, so in 2000, and you can correct me if I have something wrong here. So 2016, okay. you did 600 miles on the PCT. Correct. Um, and, and then two, 2016, you did the Prezi's, the presidential range in New Hampshire. Correct. Yep. So two different <laughs> coasts, right? Two different coasts. Okay, I see where I see what you're doing. You're right. It might yeah, be yeah, yeah. It, it might, might be, be a resume. little bit more than the average person, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. in 2017, you did sections of the AT. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. in 2019, you did some sections of the CDT, the Correct. Continental Divide Trail. Correct. And then, and then in uh, 2021, you did the Superior Hiking Trail, the 310 miles. In 2020. Oh, 2020. Okay. Yeah. And then 2021, you did the JMT. Correct. 210 miles. And what was really, what was really the, you were the first person uh, with, with a neurological implant to uh, climb Mount Whitney. I always say summit, but apparently the correct term is climb. But okay. I just say summit because I oh, feel because like because you did. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like it was like a climb. I feel like it was more of like a, a very long, strenuous, lots of switchbacks. It was just like back and forth. And then it was okay. So going up Mount Whitney, it was like it was one of those moments where it's like I went up at night, like kind of like when the sun was about rise. So it was like still pitch dark. Like there were stars, of course. I don't know why I said pitch because stars but like so when I got up I got to the summit and then there was no light so it was just like me and two other guys that were just hanging out waiting for the sun so that we could take our photos and then go back down um but then like one other woman came at the same time so it was just like us and then there was like uh, a father and a daughter that came so it was like everyone's chilling we didn't see any other people so we waited the sun rose and then me and the woman left because it was cold up there. And then when we left, we were both coming down. And then the reality that we climbed up during the day, like we did a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have done had I been able to see what I did. 
I was like, she had no idea because it was so dark. Right. And I was like, oh my Lord. And like, she had the, oh my gosh moment too, because she was like, whoa, we climbed this. And I'm like, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's wow. And we were both having that because we had had a talk the night before everyone was talking about how in Sequoia Kings Canyon Park, you can use your Garmin and get like a rescue. Mm -hmm. Like it's a helicopter ride, but like Mm -hmm. you pay for the hospital bill, but not the helicopter ride. And so it's like a scam, I guess, with the hospital and the helicopter where you ride the helicopter for free, but then they tack on all these charges. Anyhow, so I was thinking like, I haven't used my Garmin yet. I've always wanted to fly in a helicopter because it was like (laughs) that like moment of like, oh, wow, this is not happening to me. But yeah, um, I found that to be very, very, very I found the actual descent more intense than the up. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I don't know. A lot of people. Well, it was up. light. Yeah. <laughs> you can see, see where you're going. Yeah, yeah. And 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 for those that don't know, uh, Whitney is only a small mountain. It's only fourteen thousand feet. Yeah. 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 Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And and so so that was 2021. Uh, the yeah. JMT, the John Muir Trail. And then in and then in 2021 as well, you did the Arizona or part of the, part of the Arizona Trail, right? Yeah, um, I'm doing a trail called the Great Western Loop, mm-hmm. and the Great. That's Western why I wanted to lead up to that because <laughs> you're saying, well, you know, I don't do a whole lot, but but let's let's just take a small little break and explain to people because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people I've I've known about a lot of trails, but I don't think I've ever known about the Great Western Loop, and it's 60. 400 miles is that right 6875 yeah people say 7000 but I feel like if you say 7000 that somehow puts it where I can't I, like it's too much for me but that's 6875 <laughs> like I'm good um <laughs> but yeah so it's the Pacific Crest Trail um so I'm doing it the order that I'm hiking it so mm-hmm. it's the Pacific Crest Trail um the Arizona Trail, the Grand Enchantment Trail, the Continental Divide Trail, and the Pacific Northwest Trail. That's not even the order I'm hiking in, so I don't even know why I said that. Um, so so uh, the summer of 2021, I started on the Pacific Crest Trail and headed southbound. Uh, there was a closure. There was a park closure, so I had to get off of the, off of the PCT so that mm-hmm. I could avoid a closure. Um, and then there was a part that connects the PCT and the Arizona Trail, they call it a choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. And like, there's only been two people on record that have completed it. And to my knowledge, they were both supported on that section. And they both did it during cool months. Mm-hmm. Because I got off of the PCT um, in like August, early mm-hmm. September, there was no way I was going to survive that section if I did it. And so, so people understand that that choose your own hike, choose your own whatever piece of that that goes through the Mojave and the Sonora deserts right yeah 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 yeah. so I chose to do a uh like a car trip where I did I would it was like it it made sense to me where I did from trailhead to trailhead and then I would like night hike not day hike so Mm -hmm. I would do like the night hike and but it threw off my sleep like Mm. really Poorly. I didn't like it a whole lot because it was too hot to hike during the day, but then like I would hike in the evening. 
Um, but I finished this section in like a week and a half, which was actually pretty great for me because then I got to like do some more like various other parks while waiting for the Arizona Trail to start. Um, so yeah, I got to see other places. Um, and then I got on the Arizona Trail heading southbound um, and I completed the first 400 miles of that trail. And I'll get back on, I want to say next week, but I feel like that's wrong. In two weeks, I'll get back on, which I'm really excited to get out of Minnesota cold, but also just to get back on the trail to start back up. And so in two weeks, you'll start and you'll start um, on the Arizona Trail where you left off. Yeah. And then you're hiking to um, Tahoe City. Where do you head to? I, on the Arizona Trail, I will hike to the Mexican border. Um, and then I'm going to do my favorite thing, which is find nice people to hitch with and talk about life while I somehow get to either a train station or to um, back to the PCT where the Mojave Desert kind of meets. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's near uh, Big Bear, mm -hmm. it's Big Bear on the PCT. And then I'm going to head northbound just, in, just to about where the uh, Sierra starts because that's mm -hmm. a section I've already done. And then I'll skip the section and complete it and then um, get back on in uh, Lake Tahoe area. I think Donner Summit is the exact location. Mm -hmm. And then head north and then head north, go to Canada and then cut over and then do the Pacific Northwest section and then come back to Minnesota for the winter again. <laughs> exciting. So. So when you hit Donner, when you're ready to hit Donner Pass, you have to let me know because that's not, that's only 40 minutes from me. By car. Oh, right on. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to let me know when you, when you head up there. Yeah, for sure. So, It'll be nice to meet you. Yeah, that's, yeah, I would, I'm, I look forward to it. And if I can give you a hand. Nice. Thank you. Make it happen. Awesome. Um, so, so why hiking? And let's talk about footprints for a change. Okay. Um, what I like about hiking is that when, whenever, like when you have a rare brain disease and like your body is like, it's, it's not matching. So your body is like playing tricks on you essentially because mm -hmm. your body thinks and acts like you have a brain tumor, but you don't actually have one. Well, with hiking, I get to control everything. I get to control the pace. I get to control like, like what I put in my body. Um, and when I hike, I don't have to take, uh, I don't have to take all the medicines that I have to take in the front country, which is good for me. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Really? Yeah, I don't. So wait know. a minute. Let's let that. Let's not that, <laughs> let that moment go by. So say that again. Really? Yeah, in the back country, I don't take a lot of the meds that I take in the front country. I don't know why. I don't need them. Wow. I don't want to advocate for people. Oh no, to, and like, there stop. is no medical <laughs> advice here, too. Yeah, let's throw yeah. out a disclosure there. This is yeah. only your experience, not other yeah. people's experience, and we're not giving medical advice. However, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, your body uh, responds and takes yeah. care of itself. Yeah, in the in the in the front country, I take uh, five different medications, and then in the back country, I only take two that are related to seizures, mm -hmm. and that's it. I don't know why. There's no logic. As soon as I got back after a week of being back, I had to get back on those meds, and I don't know why. That's interesting. There's no logic to it. Um, and doctors don't know why either. It makes mm -hmm. no sense. Um, but like my lab levels and everything went back to like a state where I needed to be back on them. Um, mm -hmm. That's one thing I like 
about being outdoors. Another thing is like there are fewer distractions. So like whenever whenever you're in the front country, um, like there's the internet. There's people who are always like negative messages coming at you. But in the back country, you don't have access to like the internet. You have your thoughts. You have the trees. Um, you have like have like people. Um, mm-hmm. um, what I like about people in the back country, like, yeah, you still have some people who are kind of rude. Um, so you still have like some racism because people don't like leave their ideology at the trailhead, mm. but you do get to see like humans at their best. So like I've run out of food a lot because I misjudge how much I eat. Hiker hunger kicks in at odd times for me. So I, I miscalculate how much food I eat. Um, and people are quick to just say like, hey, would you like some food? Or if I run out of water, hey, would you like some water? Mm-hmm. And in the front country, like we look down on people who like need our help. Like mm. we're not gonna like, hey, here's some food. Like we're not quick to offer help to like people who are like just hanging out. Yeah, but in the back country, there's like no question. You don't want someone to die there. So you're just like, here, food. Hey, let me talk to you. Um, so it's like, that's something that I appreciate, something that nature brings out. Um, also, one thing with the exception, with the exception of the Grand Canyon and those Iron Men people who run back and forth, who are very- the rim to rim to rim people? Yes. <laughs> nature, like whenever, if you think about it, right? Whenever you see like climbers or hikers who are like, trying to go up the canyon as someone who's going down like you like make room for them because you've already been to the top so that like speaks to like humanity it's like oh I'm gonna help you rise above like because I've already been to the top I know what it looks like and it's like yo that's like that's like how life needs to be we need more of that with the exception of the trail people who are running you guys are rude I hope you're watching um like they have like no no courtesy at all. <laughs> no. If they're going down, they're going down, and you are yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Those are like the people who are like, I'm gonna call them the one percenters. Those are the people who don't like really care about other folks. But like for the most part, like people are quick to move out of your way, make space for you to like move up, and like that's what we need more in the world. We need more of people who are trying to like elevate other people who are trying to make it and. Like we see examples of how society can be and how we can be as people mm-hmm. in the back country. And so you know, that's I interesting. And I honestly, it never occurred to me until you said this. I know that when I'm, when I'm hiking, people say hi, they say good morning, they greet you every single, and when you pass somebody that doesn't, you think that was weird. And yeah. if you walk down the street, you don't expect anybody to acknowledge you at all but it happens it happens on the trail every single time correct yeah yeah I never even consider I didn't even just just yeah that's amazing you had said you put a quote on your website it said nature is the ultimate unifier and can bring about peace yeah um I think in um I think in 2020 and then in 2021 Um, my mission for Footprints for Change was to go out and hike and make it so that like more like black folks, people that look like me can get out in the back country. And while, yes, I still think that 
that is like, like I'm black and I'm never going to stop being black. And that is like the heart of like what I do. Um, I think that for me and moving forward in footprints for change and like one thing about like footprints um, and like change is that it's constant. We're always, we're always evolving. And so I am moving into 2022 with like a different change, which is like this like sense of connection and peace where we need to focus more on connecting, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, while yes, I still want black folks outdoors and I still believe that nature is like the ultimate unifier. I think that like my focus for Footprints for Change this season, 2022, will be focused more on connections, connections with other people, connections with like nature, connections with like ideas. So um, it's not like going to be as strongly race focused as Mm -hmm. my hikes have been in the past. Um, So yeah, my first time saying that on... (laughs) Yeah, so you get the exclusive. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and change, right? And that is change. Change yeah. is evolution and evolving. And where do you see, what do you want outside of what you said here and really encompassing everyone? What do you want to have, um, where do you see Footprints for Change going forward? Mm. So I, Footprints for Change for me is like not an individual goal. It's not like just me on a mission. Well, I, right now it's just me on a mission. But <laughs> I see it as like a movement of like people coming together to like uh, use nature as like a catalyst for change, you know? Like I feel like if more people go outdoors and they experience like this like kindness or like this like authenticity that nature brings about, um, we'll take that into the front country. We'll be nicer people in the front country. Um, when we're nicer to each other in the front country, I feel like we'll be nicer to the planet. Um, we can change the planet, make the planet better, be better people. Um, and so that's footprints for change. It's creating change using nature as like the like mediator, or like the change agent. So mm. nature as a change catalyst. catalyst. There you go. Thank you. Mm. That's a good word. You yeah. can have it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So, so what is it? That's fantastic, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And, and obviously it's going to take more than you, but it's also going to take you spreading the word. Yeah. And, and leading by example, like you are. I try. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you do. And <laughs> so the, the hikes that you do, um, any long distance hike or honestly any two or three day hike for anybody is, is a big undertaking because not only it's equipment, but it's also nutrition. Right. Yeah, for sure. Nutrition and, is, and yeah. so, so um, I want to, so we'll talk about nutrition a minute because then we can give a shout out to Aaron and backcountry <laughs> foodie. Yeah. So, Hey, Aaron. Hey. <laughs> and if anybody's interested, Aaron has her master's class coming up next week. You can uh, check out her website, Backcountry Foodie, and she's going to be talking about food and putting it together and check out her website. She'll explain it way better than I am, but I know I signed up. Um, so let's talk about nutrition and how do you manage that process? Yeah. So in my previous hike, nutrition has sucked. 
And I didn't recognize that nutrition stuff until I got sick. Until it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like uh, one of the things that Aaron talks about in the class is like when you hit a wall and I'm like, oh, is that what I've been doing all these times? Like I was like, oh, I thought I was just tired because I hiked so much. But like um, it's interesting when you actually see what you put into your food um, versus like, I don't know, nutrition is really important. Like, um, And it always amazes me that for long distance hikers, nutrition is not even on the it's 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 the bottom of the list that they're you know they're worried about their is it a zero degree bag a 10 degree bag do i have the uh, right tent do i have the right box uh, my oh my god do i have my gear dialed in and my ultralight but nobody's but then they go well i got a honey bun yeah the hiker diet coffee. is straight up crap um it yeah it's one of the things that like really bothers me kind of about hiking because we think about like in the front country, we think a lot about like nutrition or like mm -hmm. healthy eating. Like um, we shop for like organic food. Um, you know, we try to eat the healthiest, but what we end up eating is like the food that like really um, like uh, folks who are typically like poor or disadvantaged, like they eat that like as like a regular meal. But then, like, hikers, like, brag about, like, oh, yeah, I had this. And I'm like, yo, that's people's actual daily meal. Like, it's not just a hiking meal. Um, but then I think about how, like, unhealthy that is, like, for our diets in the front country. So if we're trying to, like, eat healthy in the front country, it would make sense that we work on our nutrition in the back country. It would be required well. because look at what you're putting your body through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more so, you should care about your nutrition mm -hmm. when you're hiking 20 miles a day, um, mm -hmm. 20, 30 miles a day. And I think that's one of the um, lessons that I've learned through working with Aaron. It's like, um, yeah, I was actually making meals just before I got on here. I was like, um, I've been making shakes a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I actually don't like to eat a lot. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but uh, yeah, so one of the things I really like with Aaron is shakes. And there's so many different types of shakes that you can make. I never even knew that. And there are so many different types of things you can do with ramen noodles. That's not just make them the way that they come in the package. Oh, you can like make them healthier. Didn't know that either. Yeah, and and it's, uh, it's also not just the food that you're making, but also the, you have to pay attention to the macros. You have to pay attention to the, the um the right combination of carbs and protein and fat to fuel your body yeah and that's one thing that um i appreciate about erin as well um she's aware of like um my like medical needs like mm -hmm. she takes that into consideration when helping to plan my meals like so i work with her like individually like mm -hmm. I, I do that extra um so like like she's aware of like how much protein I need to how much carbs I need. So like my meals are like planned that way, mm -hmm. which is something that I'm like, I never thought about. And then they're also based on weight too, mm -hmm. which is also something I never thought about. That's a food ways too. Like, I know it's like simple when you think about it, but it's not something I ever considered, mm -hmm. but yeah. yeah. No, that's good. And, and, and I, and like you said too, with medical needs as well, it's even more important for you to um, be conscious of what you're consuming to support your body, to do what you're, you're going to be asking it to do. Yeah. 
yeah, for yeah, an for extended sure. length of time. Very long time, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So starting, you're going to start in two weeks. And how long do you think you'll be out there? Um, so I'm going to be out there. My partner's birthday is in September. So I'm going to come home for a week in September. So wherever I'm at in September, I'll come home for a week. If I happen to be finished with the Pacific Northwest Trail by then, then I'll be done. Um, if not, then I'll go back out and finish the Pacific Northwest. The plan is to finish the Pacific Northwest. Um, I don't, I, I'm not one of those hikers that go out and I'm like, I need to hike this many miles a day and go this long. Um, so I don't know how long it'll take me to do that. Um, I also have implant batteries. Mm. So I have to, I have to come off trail, um, every seven to 10 days to charge, like connect to a charge system and charge my batteries. So I'm forced to have a day off every seven to 10 days. Good. So like that. Yeah, I know exactly. Cause your body needs rest. Yeah. So I can't predict how long something will take me. So I'm just like, I'll go until, you know, until I finish or whether so you, or, you run into the sign that says the end. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. That's how I do it. Like, I'm not like, I'm not being paid to do this and I'm not trying to conquer nature in like any capacity. So like, I get to spend time out there. Like I'm going to spend time out there. Like I just happen to be fortunate enough to have, you know, like the ability to do it. So why rush it? Like, mm -hmm. we'll see where I go when I get there. <laughs> so how can we, what do you, how, what are you asking for people or how can we help you? Two questions. How can we help you on your hike? And how can we help you? How can the audience help you within the um, footprints for change? Ah, people can help me on my hike. Um, I have an Amazon wish list, which mm -hmm. is essentially just food, um, which I really like food. It seems. I know I just said I don't eat food. True, I don't. But um, the food that Aaron has helped me with, that food is better um, because it actually tastes good. I've, I've been like snacking on it, which is so weird. Um, uh, especially the crumbles. Turns out I really like PVP, texturized mm -hmm. vegetable protein a lot. Mm -hmm. I just snack on it now. Um, so like I have an Amazon wish list that's on there and most of the wish list is food. Um, also I am happy to take money. I will never say no to money. Uh, like, I don't know who would, um, yeah, people can help by spreading the word. If you're anywhere along those routes that I named, um, I'm happy if you come and like hike with me, um, spend some time with me on trail if you want. Um, that would make me happy too. Um, spreading the word, getting your friends. If you're not in the area, if you have friends in the area, like, I'm down. Like it, it doesn't have to be a solo hike for me. Like I'm happy to have company. Um, yeah. And then in terms of like getting footprints for change out there, like doing what I'm doing, if you're not able to do it in the locations where I'm doing, getting folks out where you are and mm. like, it doesn't have to be on my trail. It can be on any trail. You can do it where you're at. Just make it happen. Like do it. Just get out there and like get more people out there. You know, because it's a movement. It's not just an individual. It's not just me. It's everybody. So we all need to get out there. Yeah. It's so everybody. Spread the message. Thanks. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Crystal, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, and thank you for spending, having me. Yeah, spending the afternoon and sharing your story with us, or almost the evening for you. It's getting 
couple hours later than it is here. But thanks again. And um, so where can people find you? Give us the, your um, websites and things too. All right. So um, you can find me at Instagram, which is at Footprints for Change, not the number, but the word. And my website is footprintsforchange.com. Again, the word, not the number. And if I said that backwards with Instagram, everything's the word, not numbers. Yeah. Footprints for Change. Yeah. And then footprintsforchange.com. That's yeah. great. So thanks again. And um, we wish you the best. When you get close to, you get close to uh, Truckee, you let me know. I will, for sure. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Dean. Welcome. And so Lynn, Lynn Schuster-Williams, oh, I, I need to introduce you, right? So there are my pictures a little off on the square. Um, Lynn Schuster-Williams, uh, coach and author and, uh, and rising up segment bringer. So bring it. Awesome. So what an amazing uh, podcast today, oh, Dean. This is phenomenal. Uh, I get shivers up my back every, uh, the, whole, the whole time we were talking. She's amazing. Absolutely. So phenomenal. Well, so I had an experience today I want to tell our rising up folks about. I walked outside and I realized something about a gift that nature gives us that I'd never thought of before. So we talk a lot about here about how the outside makes the inside better. And I thought kind of only if we let it, right? <laughs> and and that's one of those things with, uh, I talk to a lot of women who um, kind of are really good givers, but they're not so great at graciously receiving. And so I had this thought today and I was thinking about, I have a coaching client who this is one of her particular things. She's a real giver, like almost an over giver. But, you know, if you just even try to give her a compliment or it's like, oh, no, 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 you know, or I couldn't possibly accept the thought that I'm amazing or, you know, whatever it is that you're complimenting me about or a gift someone's trying to give, right? So, what, what does that mean for us when we do that? And how is it that I thought of this when I walked outside today? So um, I just want to say, you know, all around the world, from almost every culture, from every major, uh, you know, wisdom, tradition, religion, whatever, there's some version of as you give, so, so shall you receive, right? There's some version of that in almost every tradition. And so this is the thought. When there's a, a universal law called the law of circulation, and when we give, it's like we're priming the pump for receiving. And when we receive, we're making that which we have to give all the richer. So when we block receiving when we say oh no no i couldn't possibly or uh you don't really mean that not about me right when we block that receiving of things when we block receiving even just a compliment we're literally turning down the volume on the value of the good we have to give because when we give 
right? It comes out from our heart space when we give with our heart. And then when we receive, it refills that space, right? When we receive graciously, when we don't block that. And so I walked outside today. We had a wind alert here in Louisville, Kentucky, where I live. We had 40 miles an hour, 40 mile an hour winds. So I walked outside and instantly this gorgeous breeze just like caressed my skin. And there wasn't much sun, but the sun peeked through for just a minute and I felt it on my face and I thought, I am just so happy to receive the gift of the wind, to receive the gift of a little bitty sunbeam for a minute through our gray skies, right? To, re to enjoy looking at the bare trees and the texture of the bark and the beauty that was all around me, right? I'm willing to receive that. So it's something that doing something as simple as in the middle of my workday, just walking outside mm -hmm. and standing in my urban yard, <laughs> I had this lesson in receiving. So I'm going to ask all our listeners to give themselves the gift of receiving some beauty from nature this week. So when can you just walk outside, find a leaf or a branch or, a, you know, whatever you can find, the feel of the wind, the feel of the sun, whatever it is where you are, and just consciously receive and realize that when you do that, you're opening yourself up to giving So with so much more richness and so much more energy. And so... That's my thought for us today, how the outside makes the inside better. So until next time, I'm holding the perfect thought for each and every one of you. And thanks again, Jean, for an awesome episode. Thank you, Lynn. That was fantastic. Thank you. And so we're going to transition to the guy segment. Can't believe, Lynn, I'm going to say this because we're going to have the guy on here. But, um, you know. Ah! <laughs> And, and so we have um, Greg, Grace, uh, Greg's going to come on, or we actually, it's pre-recorded. Greg and I chat about creating the music, the theme song and the music for Discover Rising Tides and also the video behind it as well. So Lynn, thank you again and look forward to next time. And uh, let's uh, bring on Greg. Welcome, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better. My name is Jean Gallagher, and we have a special edition here, and I'm really quite excited about it because I want to welcome our guest, Greg Markell, and Markell's Music Lab, and he is why we have, a, we have a song. And so this is the debut of our song, as well as the music video that goes with it, that really, I can't even express how well it fits with the theme of Discover Rising Tides how the inside makes the outside better. And, uh, and Greg really captured what, what it means. And so welcome, Greg. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I think and, the only way a male is going to get on your show. I know, right? They've got to write a song or otherwise you're not on my show. And they're like, a guy wrote the song? Are you kidding me? And so, so I, uh, when we first started this venture, um, Greg said, he, well, he practically held my hand through the whole thing because 
this was way out of my comfort zone. And so first of all, I just want to thank you for your guidance and your inspiration for the song and thinking like a girl. <laughs> it's kind of funny. It, it, it's, I do go outside and go hiking a lot with, with my family, my wife. So it's, it's easy to put myself in that world. But I remember when we had our first song session after you decided to do this song and uh, it was obvious from the start that you were revealing your heart and soul to the world, just like your podcast is because you really believe this is the way to go. So I don't know if you remember, I took a bunch of notes down from our session, just things that might be interesting to talk about. But do you remember when we talked about, uh, first of all, your fans of the podcast, you know, how are they going to feel about being involved in the podcast? And that's how it all started. And uh, do you remember what you said? No, I'm glad you took notes because I oh. don't. So what did I say? Well, well, you, you said we're fighting complacency, boredom, lackluster performance, mm-hmm. being trapped inside with, with COVID. And regardless of COVID, people were, were, you know, get like that. Your creative soul gets locked up and you can't, you can't free it. Um, you start to avoid it. So all these things are things we talked about. Um, and one of the things you said that was kind of shocking to me was because uh, I, I think ladies don't want to be alone outside. And you said being alone outside might be uncomfortable, but you've got to do it anyway. So what was that all about? That's an interesting point. Well, it's all about independence, right? And I think that in society, society says that quite often that we shouldn't be outside by ourselves. Or if you listen to the news and so many bad things happen, I think it's important for us to be able to figure out who we are. And sometimes by doing that, everybody gets challenged. We have to be challenged everywhere. And so whether whether you're outside by yourself or you're outside with a group, it's still a challenge. But there, there becomes a point where you have to take responsibility for yourself. And that stepping outside on your own is really, when, you, when you're on the other side of the activity, it's just, it's enlightening. Yeah, that was an interesting point for me. And that, then that started to drive the song and the lyrics. Um, the, the rising tide literally became the imagery for self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And what interesting point about being alone outside and I don't know if I ever shared this with Eugene, but when we created the video, finding footage of ladies walking alone wasn't easy to find. <laughs> they're, they're always walking in groups and together. So it was like, no, it has to be alone, at least a lot more than you're finding there, you know. So, so the team making the video, it was a bit of a struggle, but we did it. And uh, there are enough images of lady, a lady walking alone that it works. So that was kind of cool. And um, that's interesting that, that it's hard to find pictures of that too. And that, that just also leads to the message. And, and there's, a, there's a piece of internal bravery that happens, I think, too. So when you're talking about women business owners, that, that in itself encompasses bravery to step out to do your own thing and to step out and put yourself out there. And I think there's a lot of correlation between being a business owner, being female and doing things outside. And then, then it becomes, if I can't go outside, then I'm unbalanced or 
my it affects my work or my business. So it really is a it's a full circle. Absolutely, yeah. So that was one of the coolest things about about the song because I was taking your words and your thoughts and ideas and your goal for the show and trying to make a theme song out of it. So for me, you know, you made a point about being able to write a song for a ladies podcast all about ladies being outside, but any song is just about the theme. So it's, you know, ladies can write a song about a guy theme and guys can write it. It's not quite as hard as you think. Um, but do you remember the reference? I said, if you could have any band in the world, um, to, you know, do your podcast song, what band would it be? Do you remember what you said? Well, I, a little shout out to the Adam Ezra group. Yeah, I've never heard of them. Mm -hmm. So there I am listening to the Adam Ezra group. And the song that stuck in my mind that helped guide, you know, where where the song went was Hippie Girl. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know, the girl being outside alone. And, and so that song kind of was a great reference to start with. But, a little bit of my New England roots. That's what yeah, that was. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, do a shout out to them for their inspiration. Definitely. And and I, I just want to, so this, this whole process was so new to me. I've never, the thought of number one, having a song for the podcast never occurred to me. And then, then, you know, what do we, I, the thought of making it happen was incredibly overwhelming. And so the process that you took me on was, was so easy. You asked great questions. Obviously you took phenomenal notes and, and you were really, present for the process and became the process. And I just want to thank you because I know that it wouldn't have gotten that far. So if there's anybody that's out there that's looking for a theme song or something for their work, organization, business, podcast, I encourage you to hit Greg up because the process was very personal and um, incredibly easy to work with. And each time that we did it, it wasn't just a one-time deal either. You did, you started up, I'm speaking for you, and you can clarify this better than I can, but you started very simply. And so here's a simple rhythm, and here's some words, and it, it began to build itself, didn't it? Absolutely. No, it's a process. And one of the reasons it, I love doing it, so that's always the key to everything, right? If you love doing it, it's it's not like work. It's more like play. So mm -hmm. um, it's just natural for me. But um, I am going to say that Markel's Music Lab exists. I have a CNG Song Roads hat and shirt on. And this is the Markel's Music Lab's animal rescue project. And so, you know, I do podcast and other business songs, but it's all to support the animal rescue campaign. That's the reason I do music. So I want to say that too, and uh, maybe in, in we can put a, a link to our Facebook Absolutely. page. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Check that out. But so, uh, but uh, any any work I get in the future that writing songs for businesses or anybody, it's all for the animal rescue campaign in the end. But you can't just write only songs about animals. You have to write songs about other things like ladies getting outside and freeing their spirits and. So, um, so what's your process? So as I, you're asking me questions and you're taking notes and you're trying to figure out either what's in my head that I'm not telling you or what the, 
what the theme of what we're doing, how do you go from something so simple as the first presentation or the first version of the, um, the song to the end? How do you get from one point to another? Well, the, the first interview is the key because I find out why you're doing it. So the heart and soul of Jean Gallagher in her podcast, and, and it was pretty easy to do. You were very forthcoming with why you did it. And, and the images immediately popped in my head. I said, okay, this is, this is, it was actually pretty easy because you were clear. And uh, so it's about finding out what that theme is going to be lyrically and then putting it together with music becomes, how is it supposed to feel? You know, uh, not to get too technical, but they're the way chords work together, the way keys work together and the way rhythm and sounds work together is all, all part of the process. So, and I'll never forget, we made a big change. We were almost done with the song. And uh, this idea came from my producer. He, he said, cause I said, it, we sh it needs to sound more organic. It's too, it's too, you know, it's outside. It's like leaves and plants and mountains and streams. And it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like a cool rock song, but that's it. And he came, he said, well, I have a mandolin. <laughs> so the mandolin in that song, to me, puts the song outside. It puts you out in the field and you can imagine some, some little leprechaun in the, in the weeds playing a little mandolin with that little light sound, much lighter than a guitar. And uh, I think that was one of those mm -hmm. moments that freed the song and, and really put it where it belonged. So um, I know we're going to play it here so people can actually. Yeah, we'll do that. We're, we're going to play. Yeah, we'll play it. And then we'll also, I think we're going to show the video too at the same time. Cool. Uh, obviously at the same time, <laughs> um, but we'll do that at, at the end. But so now after we completed this process, you said to me, well, do you want a video too? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Do I? Yes, I think so, but I don't know what that means. So how do you how do you take music and create a video to the music? Well, it, it's um, it's the same images that were used to write the lyrics, and the key there is to do it efficiently. You know, you don't have a you know fifty thousand dollar budget to go shoot all original film and hire actors and actresses and all that. So you know, it becomes uh, finding um, there's there's hundreds of thousands of film clips available online that are out there for, um, for this purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, but the hard part is finding the exact right one. So you and I went through, just like in the song, we went through how many back and forths with the video and you said there was some scenes you loved, but then we got rid of some of the ones you didn't like and some didn't quite fit. And uh, so that, that's what it was. And in this, the challenge in this one was to find, a lot of images of ladies hiking alone or mostly alone. Um, there, there's a few that she looks like she's alone. And if you look way off in the distance, there's, there's a person, but That's I mean, okay. there's always somebody else out there. Yeah. It's truly alone. But to your point, I think the bravery, if you're brave enough to go hiking alone, you come back to your office and you can, you can overcome any challenge in your business. Right. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's the process. And uh, did I answer your question? Before? No, you did. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And so what I wanted to do is to thank you for, for your time and your effort and, and every, everything that you put into it, because it really made 
it fits what what we're looking to do and so what we're going to do is we're going to play the play the music video if you're listening to this on blog talk radio or some other audio spot um, come go head over to the website discoverrisingtides.com and you'll see you can you can watch the video there it'll be there so if you want to check it out later absolutely and so greg give us some of your contact information and where they can find you and and just another snippet about the animal, 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 animal rescue, because as I'm sitting here, I've got a big fluffy dog on, on, on top of my feet. And I think what you do is phenomenal. Okay. Well, well, our, our website is CNGs is C N G apostrophe, it, but there's no apostrophe in the website. So CNGs song roads. And C stands for. Chipotle is my rescue dog, and I'm G, so C and G. We write the songs from the animal's perspective. So the animals are talking, and we are listening. It's another one of our taglines. So that is um, on cngsongroads.com. You can see what we're doing. Everything is there on the website to date. Uh, there's a new LP coming out with eight songs on it, and uh, we're excited about that. We're in the process of recording that. Uh, each one will have a video. And so love to have some of the fans of Discover Rising Tides jump over and check us out. But it, it's, it's also going to be a, a, a journey with people like you and writing songs for their causes, podcasts, uh, businesses, whatever. So in, in, you know, using it in marketing yourself. So yeah. um, I really and, appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. They can find you on Facebook too, correct? Yeah, CNG Song Roads. Uh, mm-hmm is at CNG Song Roads. Mm-hmm. And you do live events as well on Facebook. Yeah, live streams twice a month, and we're going to be doing more and more. I'm going to be tomorrow, I'm going to be visiting uh, an animal rescue shelter locally, and we're going to talk about setting up a, do a live stream from their shelter and show some of their animals and play some of the songs talking from the animal's perspective. So it's all about getting awareness and funds for them. And so it's a it's a slow process, but we're we're well into it. We're almost a year into it already. So I think 2022 is the year we're going to have a lot of impact for it. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So Greg, thank you, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for all the work you did and putting your heart into it, your girl side of your heart into it. And yeah. uh, so stick around and listen to, and listen to the music, watch the video. You can catch it on on discoverrisingtides.com as well. And thanks so much. Have a great day, everybody. These four walls are holding me back My creative side's a crack Wearing down, losing ground Soon I'll be unstressed Hiking today, forgetting my blues Up the river, around the mountain It's where I keep my youthful fountain Breaking outside, getting off of Zoom Crushing my demons, I'm not immune Breathing, shake off the blues 
everybody for sticking around and thank you to Crystal and Lynn and, and of course Greg <laughs> and so look forward to uh, seeing you all next time first and third Wednesdays we typically broadcast at 2 p.m. Pacific today was a little bit different um, but we're talking next week we talked next show we talked to Katie Olstrom and her uh, journey as a financial coach so thanks very much have a great afternoon and look forward to seeing you again